Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome again to another Believe in Navy football podcast. I am Bill Wagner with the Capital Gazette and Baltimore Sun newspapers, longtime Navy athletics beat writer. And I'm joined by my co hosts, Eric Catani and Keenan Reynolds, former Navy football greats, both of whom played in the NFL. Guys, we're breaking down the game against East Carolina. Senior day at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium, and it was a heartbreaking finish. Uh, walk-off 64-yard field goal by Owen uh, – 54, I'm sorry, Owen Daffer. Uh, freshman had never kicked a field goal longer than 39 yards, and the guy drills it from 54 yards. As time expires, Navy loses the positive, and I'll go right to Keenan and then have Eric weigh in. Offense looked good. Ty Lavatai, the quarterback, did a nice job directing the offense. They got everyone involved, fullback slots. Ty had some nice runs himself. I liked the little rollout pass uh, for a touchdown. He threw a touchdown to Chance Warren and threw another to Michael Cooper. I liked that wrinkle on the goal line, uh, you know, throw a little pass. So, Keenan, your thoughts on what you saw out of the offense putting up 35 points? Yeah, you know, it only took us nine weeks, but – we finally saw what Navy football is supposed to look like. You know, watching these guys and watching them execute was really great to see. Um, I definitely felt like they played well enough on the offensive side of the ball and in the special teams, um, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, especially it's a huge day. Uh, I mean, made big plays. Had a 90-yard run by AC. Touchdown pass by Ty, like you said. Completed just enough passes. Didn't have to do anything spectacular in the air, but Completed enough passes to be successful. I was really proud of the way those guys played. Sucks the way that they lost. But at the end of the day, like we've, we've sat here and we've had many conversations about how the defense is playing great, playing great. Offense can't get it done. That's why we That's why we lost. They didn't make enough plays. And now the script flipped. And offense made enough, more than enough plays to win this game. Scored more than enough points to win this game. But defense couldn't come up with enough stops. And it was the several plays that were really disappointing to watch kind of unfold. And, and that's the reason why they lost. I mean, at the end of the day, that's just – that's ball, right? You got to play a complete game. You got to play well enough on both sides of the ball to be successful. Yeah, Coach Nehemiah said, you know, struggling to play complementary football. You know, when the defense plays well and holds the team to a decent number, under 30, the offense can't put up points. And then finally the offense breaks out and the defense has an off day. Eric, your thoughts on what you saw on Saturday? Uh, it, was, it, was, it was good to be the stadium. It was good to see everybody there. Um, the brotherhood was strong. Uh, everybody thought this game was, you know, in the bag for Navy. You know, the momentum was shifting. Everything was going great. I, I rewatched it again. And that fourth quarter is just unbelievable. You know, usually, um, you know, think of Navy and, you know, the seniors for senior day, the team steps up, the team rallies behind them. And that's opposite way. You know, that happened to me when I was playing in 2008 uh, against, against Temple. We came back and supported, uh, you know, the, the, the seniors and everybody else in the team. Um, so, it was a phenomenal game to watch. And just the fourth quarter, just what just happened. And, you know, the quarterback making that play on fourth down for a touchdown, you know, that's, that, that's a momentum killer. And then the, the, the quick hit two point conversion, and then just the defense not stepping up, like you said, Keenan, you know, playing complimentary football, they're not stepping up in the fourth quarter when they needed the most, you know, needed, needed two stops, two stops. The game's ours. That's our, that's a win. That's three, that's three wins. We're going to go Temple. Temple's not good. Temple's three and eight, I think. They're not good. We, it's a win there. 
And then that we, now we have momentum. Two wins into the biggest game of the year, Army. And, you know, Coach Nemont actually talked about this at the trustees meeting in front of Admiral Lynch and, you know, all the uh, the bigwigs for the fundraising arm for the Naval Academy. And people sat up in their chairs and they sat upright when he showed the actual schedule. He's like, we are number one. And he made a joke about it. He goes, he goes yeah, I like to compete. You know, God dang, I like to compete, but I don't like to, I don't like to be this, this, this hard. He goes, this is too hard. He's like, he's like the, the, the way we're moving, the way we're playing, you know, it, it's, it's very hard. He goes, look at and the first, the first question that three trustees asked were, well, where's, where's Army? Where's Air Force? He made a joke. He's like, I can't, I can't scroll that high. Um, you know, I think they're like 86 and 96 and it was just, you know, so it kind of actually put a perspective to the, the people that, you know, are, are donating the money to, you know, the Athletic Scholarship Foundation of, you know, yes, we're having an off year, but this year is, 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 is hard. You know, it's, it's a hard, hard year that we're scheduled. So it was funny because Coach Nehemiah said there's a lot of things you want to rank number one and nationally in um, the toughest schedule. Yeah, not that. Not <laughs> that. Yeah. He, he, he's like, I want to be around, you know, 40 to 60, which is great. You know, you're competitive playing, you know, top teams, but, you know, playing our schedule. No one wants to play our schedule. Georgia doesn't want to play our schedule. Yeah, Eric, you made a great point. Um, and I'm really glad that he actually sat down and had that conversation with the trustees. I think a lot of times, you know, casual fans are just like Navy ball. They don't really think about how hard it is. First of all, how hard it is to win, one, two, to the point that we've been making consistently over the last few weeks, difficulty in the schedule. You know, I think I think Navy fans are just kind of used to the status quo when we were independent. And the first couple of years of being in the AAC, where it was just kind of expected for us to get, you know, eight, eight wins. Um, which was, you know, it had been the status quo since 07, really. You know, anything less than eight wins was a was a subpar season, right? And then now here you are, you know, a few years into a conference, back-to-back uh, losing seasons, toughest schedule in the country, and people want to – people want put put heads on a pike, but you got to kind of put everything into perspective. So I'm really glad the coach had the opportunity yeah. to kind of lay that out there yeah, because it, I think, it, I think it often, you know, the casual fan just loses – they lose sight of all that. Yeah, you hit it right that again. Like, it was – you know, you know, some of the coaches came, but, you know, everybody goes to listen to Coach Neenbaum and Chet and the superintendent to find out, you know, what the pulse is, one football, one academics, and two, the overall athletic mission. So, when, you know, it was, people actually brought their, their – I saw guys take their phones out and take pictures of the, the screen. We watched in the new uh, IMAX there. I'm not sure if you've seen that place, Keenan, but it's a lot better than the place that we had when we were there. So, um, it was good, you know, utilize that space that um, um, Turlinger, you know, yeah, that place is sweet, ain't it, Eric? Recruiting, you know, it just it, you bring those you know players in, not just for football, but you know the, the student athletes that do all thirty three division sport, division one sports at the New Academy. So it's a great place. It's a great place to honor people as well. So, Keenan, you've talked all season about you, when it's time to make plays, you have to make plays, and this is what frustrates me about this team. And I, I don't know if it's because you you. When you're losing, it just always seems to go wrong. But first and foremost, as Eric mentioned, um, Mikel Haywood, and we'll talk about him. I think he's going to be a star in the making. But he busts a 98-yard kickoff return for touchdown. It was awesome. Whole stadium is flying. Navy's up by eight points. And to Eric's point, he said earlier, East Carolina drives right down the field not only scores a touchdown, but also a two-point conversion, boom, ties it up. That is when you needed to shut the door 
you're up by eight midway through the fourth quarter and you need to shut the door. And the fact that defense gave up that game tying touchdown was a killer, but on fourth down. Yeah. Oh, and I know converting on a fourth down. And it was, it was but, a blitz too. I watched it again. The, the blitz was right there. Split second. The game's over. Well, so, but you still have five minutes and Ty directs a pretty nice drive. And I think AC had like a 22 yard run, got him into East Carolina territory it is third and seven, and they dial up a nice play. Ty throws, a, a, hits Walker, Mark Walker, with a nice pass on a crossing route. Walker catches the ball, but he doesn't do what Navy teaches all the time, tuck it up high and tight, He he and he got the ball punched out by the cornerback. The ball bounces five yards backwards and goes out of bounds, and Navy has to punt. It was a first down, like Coach Niamat said. Walker holds onto that ball, goes out of bounds. It's first down. Navy runs the fullback twice, and Bijan Nichols comes on, and he kicks a game-winning walk-off field goal. And instead, Navy has to punt. And then on the next defensive series, the quarterback for East Carolina, Holt Nailers, throws a total 50-50 ball, throws it up for grabs. The Navy safety, Taylor Robinson, does not make a play on the ball. And it drops right into the kid's hands. It was double coverage, two Navy defenders, and somehow, some way, this 50-50 bomb drops into the hands of the wide receiver, Tyler Sneed, for a 46-yard gain or whatever it was. So Keenan, again, failure to make plays. And, and the, that third and seven where Walker allowed the ball to get punched out was just a killer. Yeah, no doubt. You, you, first of all, you kind of got to give it up for ECU, right? Because you get that back-breaking. 98-yard touchdown run, and instead of folding, they come right back, go right down the field, and and score on fourth and seven, um, where uh, I think uh, it was Tyler Sneed just killed our guy in one-on-one coverage. And again, we've talked about it all year, one-on-one matchups being the key to wins. And if you look at those, if you look at those matchups, those, there's three key plays, right? The fourth seven touchdown, the uh, the drop slash fumble by Mark Walker, and Tyler Sneed making that play in double coverage, right? Those are three specific plays where it didn't matter what the scheme was. It didn't matter, you know, down the distance. It didn't matter. What mattered in those moments was who was going to make a play, ECU or Navy. And in all three of those situations, ECU found a way to make the play. You know what I'm saying? And, and so that's just kind of indicative of the entire season because the entire season has come down to uh, who's going to make a play in crunch time. So, that that the Mark Walker play was very disappointing because I mean you you have to convert right there and like you said a couple plays kick field goal win the double the the double covered deep ball had me cursing because I just couldn't understand because it wasn't like the guy was six six and he lost both of our guys he was he was no bigger than five nine and he literally just the ball dropped right into the brick like he didn't go up and high point it he he just cradled it so all our guys have to do is attack the ball at his highest point. And, it, and it's a bat down or a pick. But, you know, I'm not sure out of position, couldn't make the play. It, it just drops right into his, his hands. And then, you know, the fourth and seven touchdown, he puts the shakes on our guy and, and walks in the end zone. I can't coach you to those situations. Those are the situations that you have to show up and make the play. And it just, it's been a theme all season. But, you know, you got young guys in the secondary. And the thing about, the thing about it is what we saw from ECU is their guys stepped up. They knew how to win. Despite the pressure situations, despite it being crunch time, 
they found ways to, to make plays to win. I think it just comes down to experience and not understanding how to win games when you get into those tight situations. Eric, thoughts on that topic? Keenan, you're spot on, man. You're spot on. And uh, also, everybody was asking about you, man. They said, like, they like listening to your podcast way more, way more than they like listening to me, you know. Said you're, but also, Coach Jasper said to stop giving away all the good stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised he had hit me up. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, your, your podcast is like, I heard some stuff about uh, Kaipo. He's like, you guys need to stop talking. <laughs> I'm like, all right, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, a couple of things. Like, like you said, ECU stepped up. I'm not sure if Bill is this true that the ECU kicker got a scholarship after the game for him those big kicks. You know, I did not hear that, but I would not be at all surprised because yeah, that's what NCAA I, I, football. I'll, I'll so many, that, yeah. yeah, so many kickers are are invited walk-ons until they prove themselves, and that's yeah. yeah I mean, the guy hadn't done anything; he hadn't kicked anything beyond a 39-yarder. I couldn't believe he made a 54-yarder, and it's funny because Keenan was He's texting me the game and saying they have totally mismanaged this last drive to the point of committing a false start, which is why they had to take a 54 yard field goal. So East Carolina got away with mismanaging the clock at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the freshman as well, um, which is, you know, kudos to him you know, for being a freshman, stepping up, playing like that. Uh, a couple of things built. Was that, what was the last time we returned a kickoff for a touchdown? Go look at the notes, but GZ green was the last, it had been a long yeah. time. And that was also, like the second longest kick return in program history. I mean, that was awesome. Mikel Haywood, he's legit. That guy, and there's yeah. been a lot of times this season when I thought he was going to break it and didn't, but he he is a big-time kickoff is returner. He, is he a freshman? Just a freshman. And here's I, something interesting. Well, I just, he, I interviewed, he played the first game. Yeah, I, mean, I interviewed Mikel Haywood. It. Yeah, it, today it, there, there is nine freshmen on the kickoff return unit. And that is a topic uh, that we're going to explore. But the senior class that was honored on Saturday, there's only 25 of them left. And of those 25, only about 10 are real serious contributors. And the, there is no junior class. Wait till senior day next year when you see what this junior class is. They all bolted due to COVID. They all went transfer portal. And that's why Navy is playing a ton of sophomores and freshmen and the kickoff return unit has nine freshmen on it. Well, I think you, that's, you know, that's unheard of in Navy football. Yeah, yeah it really is. Well, I think but it just, Bill, it just illustrates the point that we made earlier on where we were talking about, you know, freshman sophomores used to be able to just kind of chill and, you know, play here and there, but now you got to be ready to go every week because yep. we don't have nobody else. Well, Billy, I think you called it like it was an SMU game. Like I haven't even heard of this kid. That was a that was his first play and kickoff return, I believe. And, he, and Dave Mahoney actually called it out. He goes, "This kid's a beast." So, kudos to Dave. You know, Bill. Well, one well, of the well, things well, that I I have a question about is why haven't we found ways to get him the ball? And I, I think I made this point before. Like, why are we not finding ways to get him the ball in space? Like, who cares if honestly at this point, who cares if he knows how to block everything up? Uh, you need to make plays. We need to find ways to make plays, and he's shown that he can make plays. So let's let's get him some 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 different looks, a package for him, where he's either a decoy or he's getting the ball, because um, he's proven that when he gets the ball in his hands, he can make some, he can break tackles, and he can outrun people. Yeah, I agree. I talked to Danny O'Rourke, who runs the kickoff return, and he said this kid 
He said, being fast and being able to make moves does not make you a great kickoff returner. He said he's seen a lot of speedsters who sucked on kickoff return. He said, this guy has, he's fearless and he's got great vision and he has instincts. So I agree. Why are we not seeing him in on offense? Hey, let me, let me jump in real quick. Um, This was the first kickoff return. For a touchdown by Navy player, you were right, Bill. Gigi Green, 95 yards in against Arizona State in the Craft Fight Hunger Bowl on December 29th, 2012. Nice. Thanks, Chris. I know I don't want Scott, you know. I know. See, hey, you know, I'm protecting my equity. <laughs> yeah, Chris, you're like uh, you're the guy in Joe Rogan's podcast that he has every answer possible. Like someone's like, what's this? Like two seconds later, he's like, this is what it is. You're like, that guy's awesome. He knows everything. So real quick before we get into our temple breakdown, and uh, Chris, can you believe Navy is favored? And Chris and I exchanged text this week because I was writing my story on Monday, and I was like, do you remember Navy being favored at all this season? I thought maybe they were favored against Marshall in the opener, but Chris says no. So, Chris, is that correct? This is the first time all season that Navy is favored? That's correct. First time, uh, and depending on uh, where you look, it's anywhere from a two touchdown um, that they're favored to 12 points. Uh, Yeah, anywhere from 14 to 12. Yeah, anywhere from 14 to 12 points. Wow. That's no respect for Temple. Jeez. That's easy easy money, though. I'm definitely taking taking Navy there. I agree. I think think Temple's recovered. I don't know. Two touchdowns, man. Well, that gives me a chance to talk about our sponsor, Believe Bet Online. It's Thanksgiving. We all know that what that means, football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online, <laughs> as you have covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with the promo code Believe. B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. It's not just football. Bet Online has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So, guys, Temple's lost six straight. Games in Philadelphia, Lincoln Financial Field, not really a home field advantage, uh, it almost doesn't even feel like a college. I mean, it's a pro stadium with limited fans. I, I don't feel there's any home field advantage. Navy might have a more of a home field advantage. They play at Lincoln Financial Field all the time for Army Navy. But Temple not only has lost six straight, but they got internal issues. They got players leaving the program. They got a guy accusing the coach of harassment and running them out of the program. So there's a lot of bad stuff happening at Temple. Do we see... The offense continued to show, and that's what I said the other, the last podcast. The last three games, I want to see the offense show me something, and they did. They showed up last Saturday and showed me something, scored 35 points. Um, can Navy keep it going, Eric Katani? I believe so. He's making plays, quarterbacks looking, you know, a lot better. Even that last, you know, last touchdown he threw, the second touchdown, he did not need to throw that. Um, you know, he could have ran that in. So I'll give him credit for, you know, thinking that first and, you know, being a quarterback. And then Ruas, is, he's playing. He's finally stepping up to the person that, you know, that everybody, you know, thought he'd be. So he's in the holes 
a lot tighter and he's moving well and you know he's he's playing that senior leadership role so i'm excited for, for him to see the next two games progress so Kenny, what do you think yeah first of all i didn't know that uh temple was <laughs> a dumpster fire uh i didn't know that either yeah yeah it's pretty crazy uh some of the stuff that you know bill you mentioned coach being accused of harassment i mean We've had our drama this season, but, you know, nothing obviously even on on the same level as that. So this is a great game for uh, to gain kind of build some momentum. Right, let's play a complete game this week. Show show ourselves, you know, we got to prove to ourselves that we're capable of playing a complete game. Get that momentum. And then you go into Army Navy with some confidence, knowing that, you know, we can execute on all on all cylinders. We could be efficient on offense we can make stops on defense and we can execute on special teams so when we get into this big game and, and the benefit of playing in a pro stadium right yes bill there won't be um, you know any fanfare like the army and navy game which is going to be awesome but still being in a pro stadium environment is different it, it has a different feel um you know guys grow up dreaming of playing in the nfl like here you are playing in you know the eagle stadium and then the next time you get to play into the giants and the jet stadium so i think it'll just help with guys just being used to being in that type of environment you know fans or not um and then you know yeah two touchdown favorite that's saying a lot um so if we can come out here and put together like a, a blowout s game i think that'd be huge i think if we can if we blow out temple this week you know two three touchdown win I think we can go in and dominate on me. Um, I'm, I'm being optimistic. I know I talked a lot of trash when we played Air Force and then, you know, we, we kind of laid an egg, but I'm still going to talk my trash uh, next week. I'm actually really excited for this Army podcast. Can't wait to start talking about that. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah, I think this is yeah, a great game. Yeah, what's the spread for that game before we go? What do you think the spread is now after we, we showed up one game? You talking about Army? Yeah. What, what I think the spread is right now? Yeah, if you guess. Uh, Army's probably ten point favorites. If I had, if I was, if I was a betting man, that's the number that I think would be pretty, pretty close to to, yeah. to right. Just based on how we performed against Air Force and then them beating Air Force, they probably yep. gave me 10, 11 points. I'll think, I'll think around that too as well. I think seven to ten. Hey guys, Army gave up like two hundred and twenty yards rushing to Massachusetts. Yeah, their defense is suspect. I mean, I know it's Wake, but I mean they did give up. But 70 points this year, I mean, I don't care who you're playing, but 70 points is a ton of points. I mean, we didn't even give that up, give up that much to Notre Dame, who's top 10 team. So I think their defense definitely has holes in it. Obviously, when they play option teams, it's a little different dynamic. But, you know, you still got to play, right? Scheme can only do so much. So I think we can really get some momentum, and it could be a, a, an eye-opening day on offense for us when we get to New York in, in December. Bill, Bill, I got a question for you. This is kind of like, you know – thinking outside the box a little bit, but, you know, for, for the spring game, you know, we weren't, I was there, you know, how did our defense do against our triple, you know, because after all that stuff moves forward, you know, the full season, the defense go against scout team, which kind of emulates, you know, their offense are playing against not the triple option. So that's kind of a dictator of how, how well they, you know, do they stop that during that, that spring game? Frankly, they haven't been having a spring game for years now. Coach Nehemiah just kind of dispensed with it. But during the spring, I'm, I heard the defense was – they do well against the option because Coach Newberry understands it. He was at Kennesaw State with Coach Brian Bohannon, who runs the option. So he, he goes against option. That's part of why he was hired to be the Navy defensive coordinator is because he had option experience. And from what I understood during the spring, and, you know, Navy was rolling out there with – 
in essence, freshman quarterbacks, Xavier and Ty with, you know, limited experience between them. Um, so I, I, I'm not worried about how Newberry will handle the triple option. He, he, his defense has done well for the most part against army and air force. The, uh, while we're talking about defense, Navy took another hit. So they've had all the injuries we know about. Kevin Brennan out for the season. Mitch West out for the season. That's your two starting safeties. That's why they're young on the back end. Will Harbor, who was the starting inside linebacker, hasn't played in five games now. He was replaced in the lineup by Johnny Hodges. Johnny Hodges suddenly disappeared from the roster last week. Um, Scott Strassmeyer said he's left the program due to an internal issue. Terrell Adams, number 41, started and played a good amount of time at Will Linebacker, uh, Mike Linebacker last week. And then Tyler Fletcher, a freshman, also saw a lot of time. So the defense just keeps taking hits. And so I am a little concerned about the defense, the accumulated wear and tear, and the fact that there are so many injuries on that side of the ball. But um, that's kind of the latest on the defense. Another starter, Johnny Hodges. Gone. I've never heard of a starter leaving a team, but he did. Bill, one thing that uh, I was thinking about as you were listening, kind of all the injuries. When we were at full strength, we gave up 49 points and couldn't stop running, you know, couldn't stop anything against, against Marshall. So, I mean, honestly, I think that uh, we've had a ton of – been having so many guys having to play. And now that we're, you know, going into game 11, um, had a lot of injuries, a lot of people having to step up. I think it's kind of expected against uh, for some of the like reserve players, the young freshman sophomores that haven't played. Like you're probably going to be in at some point, so you need to be paying attention about what's going on to get your mind right, ready to play. So I think it'll be less less shocking for you know as we dig into the to the depth chart. I, 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 that experience is going to come 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 home to roost when we get into the big game against Army, um, or we get into a tight situation where you know it could go either way, fourth quarter. You know, if you've never been there, it's a, it's a different feeling, right? Um, but I, I, I do think that they've been able to see kind of like everybody's getting getting kind of asked to contribute and, 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 and be a part of what we're doing. So you, you can't really take plays off or take practices off or take meetings off. So I think those guys will be ready to play, even though it'll be young, young guys. And you never know, we might find a star or two that we didn't even know existed. Because, um, I mean, Army game can make stars of anybody. If you show up and make plays there, you know what I'm saying you cement yourself as a as a as a cornerstone of the of the defense and the offense and whatever. So Eric, I, I take it you were on the sideline for the game Saturday. No, I was I was bouncing around, uh, just seeing a bunch of different friends throughout the whole stadium. Um, I wish I was. Right. Sure well, was. our producer Chris Cervello was down on the sideline taking the action in. Chris up is close big to time. Personal. Chris is big time right next to Omar Nelson. And it was like the good old days listening to Omar uh, on the radio. So it doesn't get any better than that. It was pretty cold though. It was a cold, it was a cold, cold day. Right. Well, so uh, we should mention that coach Nehemiah was on the injury report this week because he got wiped out. Um, yeah, he was, right. uh, he, he, I, I thought he had a torn ACL. He says he's fine and doesn't have to have any surgery, but, I mean, I saw him today at practice, and he was limping really, really badly. And he's making jokes and saying, well, my legs are so fat, it cushioned the blow. But he got wiped out. Uh, Michael Cooper, the wide receiver, blocked a East Carolina defender right into Coach Nehemiah. 
who he had been watching the ball, so he didn't see it coming. And um, he was down for the count, and they had a close-up of him, and he was in pain, boy. I could see the pain on his face. And then he was hurting so bad he had to give up the play calling. He had to have Ivan Jasper call the plays for the rest of the game. But he was a gamer. He stuck it out for the rest of the uh, game, stayed on the sidelines despite he was in pain. He came to the press conference in a with a big, giant brace on and they done x-rays. But last thing I'm going to say before I take it out is that uh, Malcolm Perry got signed by the New Orleans Saints. So, And there are reports from Ian Rappaport of the NFL Network that the Saints have plans to activate Malcolm rather quickly to the active roster. So that's, that's kind of cool. Malcolm had gotten waived by the New England Patriots last week, and he has quickly found a new home. He was at the game. Did you see Malcolm at the game? Yeah, he was, he was at the brother tailgate. He was uh, he was shocking on beers. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> he, he's laughing. He's like, no way he's doing that. <laughs> that's, that's that's awesome that would not be Malcolm. That'd be me uh, doing that <laughs> without a doubt. I, I'm really happy that he uh, he got picked up. I mean, of all the places, you know, outside of I think what Coach Belichick could have did for him, being in Sean Payton's offense. And uh, some of the things he's able to concoct for for skilled athletes, you know, we saw what he's done with Taysom Hill and his capabilities. Yeah, who knows what who knows what he has planned? And every year that I was the Patriots, um, you know, two out of three years, we actually um, scrimmage the Saints because they have a huge, you know, they're 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 great friends. Those guys. So one time it was actually up in uh, Foxborough and we played them, and then another time we went down to uh, their training camp in West Virginia. Um, I agree. Oh, wait, hey, Sean Payton and Bill Belichick are close friends. Oh yeah, they're they're very very close. That's interesting. Maybe Belichick told Payton, "Hey, I I, I can't keep him on my my practice squad anymore, but you might want to grab this guy. He's got some talent." So yeah. let's hope that a former Navy football player, Malcolm Perry, continues the lineage of pro prospects. Uh, fellas, happy Thanksgiving. Keenan is driving to Nashville right now with his family. Eric, what are you planning to do for Thanksgiving? I'll go to my cousin's house. Um, uh, Tori's going to make a, a nice charcuterie board. So she's excited about that. Tori's awesome. I met her again last week. I met her that briefly on the sideline of Navy football, but then it was really cool to see her at McGarvey. She's totally cool. Um, hey, uh, Chris Cervello, our producer, happy Thanksgiving. What are you going to be doing? And any other final thoughts on Navy football before we take it out? I'm going to spend Thursday 18 holes in the morning and then uh, we'll do uh, turkey dinner in the uh, in the afternoon. Uh, I agree with I think that uh, we've started the ascent. We will win big against Temple and I think we roll in the army with some momentum. I like where we are uh, the rest of the season notwithstanding. And I've got some exciting news to report. We do our alumni spotlight sponsored by New Day USA and Tom Lynch is the ch- chairman of US, New Day USA, and we, during Army-Navy week, will have Roger Stallback as the alumni spotlight. So I am psyched. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's nice. Wow. Nice Big time. To Roger Stallback. He has agreed to appear on the Believe on Navy football podcast. Uh, you think you think Keenan and him are going to argue who's better? <laughs> uh, that's a very good question. I mean, we may need to set up some statistics and compare and who did what? But yeah, we may have to have the who was better argument. I know Roger loves Keenan, and because I exchanged emails and Roger said, Keenan Reynolds, fantastic quarterback. So he loves you, Keenan. 
Yeah, he's also got that that Heisman hardware, so uh, he he might have a, a little bit of a one up on me. And some Super Bowl trophies. And, and some Super Bowl trophies too. Yeah. Right. You <laughs> met you met Roger Stallback, didn't you? He came to uh, senior day, my senior year. All right, fellas. Well, I'll take it out, and we'll connect with you next week after Navy beats Temple, and we'll take a look ahead at Army, and then on Army week we're going to have a couple's podcasts. It'll be special, as mentioned. We'll have Roger Stallback as our alumni spotlight. And we'll talk about some other things. But for now, thank you very much for listening to Believe in Navy Football Podcast. I'm Bill Wagner for Eric Catani, Keenan Reynolds, and Chris Cervello. We're out. Thank you. If you're a fan of the Believe in Navy Football Podcast, be sure to check out Sing Second Sports wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Several times a week, special guest Bill Wagner, along with host John Schofield and Ward Carroll, help you stay up to date with the latest in Naval Academy sports news as they dive into the physical mission of the Naval Academy and look at varsity sports, club sports, and intramurals at the Naval Academy. So be sure to check out Sing Second Sports. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.